I crashed into electrical towers and my star charts were erased. I need the ones in your head to complete my mission. So you need me and my inferior brain to fly that thing? Correction. I need the superior information in your inferior brain to fly this thing. And to listen to this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Thunder Road 3 now online. How can I help you travel through movie space-time today? Course entered. Flight of the Navigator, 1986. Is this correct? Course set. Rewinding in 3, 2, 1. Welcome, Rewinders and new listeners to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I'm your captain of the former pod, Francisco Ruiz, and I'm joined by your XO and mine, Paul, the PaulJPowers.com Powers. Compliance. <laughs> That's good. Oh, you're finally following orders now. That's so, such a For relief. Now. <laughs> For now. <laughs> How many episodes has it taken to get to this point? Just almost 300. Yeah, almost 300. Uh, and we over 10 years. Oh my goodness. Also, for this discussion of the film Flight of the Navigator, we welcome back aboard speaker, singer, actor, artist, podcaster, pastor, writer, wronger, gamer, geek, father, and friend, all of which mean nothing if it doesn't reflect Jesus, Tony Talavera. Hey, well, Tony. Hello, my beautiful friends. Hello, hello. You hear that, Francisco? Friend. He called me beautiful. All of you. All of you are beautiful in your own way. We should go see the Bee Gees or, or Twisted Sister. Yeah. You hear that, you slimes? I'm famous. In addition, <laughs> we are glad to have back aboard ship's clergy, Dustin Warford. Hey, Dustin. You know, I, I love the fact that I'm ship's clergy, but man, my my lead up did not nearly match Tony's. And that was <laughs> brutal to my ego. You know, sometimes it's just the mileage that, that gets you. <laughs> What would you like me to say about you, Justin? I will say whatever you like. You know, as a matter of fact, there there are no words to describe me, so, so that was all good. You're That's right. a good Indescribable. point. Indescribable. Oh, sorry. Indescribable, invaluable, indomitable, indomitable, incorrigible, indubitable, champion of the oppressed, defender of justice. All of the above, Dustin, glad you're here. And now that you have a not-so-quick flyby of who we are, Paul, can you give us a quick overview of the production specs for Flight of the Navigator? And this is Flight of the Navigator, what? 1986, by what? Walt Disney, not, or not by Walt Disney, it's but Disney not Pictures. The Navigator that nope, came out in nope, 1924 nope, by Buster not, Keaton? No, nope, it's not that one. Dang it! That could have yeah. been brought to my attention yesterday! Okay, Paul, when yeah. would you like me to tell you these things? Uh, yesterday. Hold on. Let me go back. <laughs> All right. Flight of the Navigator, the quote-unquote Disney version. <laughs> <laughs> sound sound less enthused about it. Jeez. It was released uh, August 1st, 1986. Runs an hour and a half, 30 minutes longer than the Navigator, which is <laughs> fine. It's rated PG, and it was directed by Randall Kleiser and written by Mark H. Baker, Michael Burton, and... Phil Jonow, I'm sorry, Phil, whatever your last name is, with lead stars being Joey Kramer, Paul Mall, Howard Hessman, Sarah Jessica Parker, sorry, Jessica, Sarah Parker, I always mess up names, and music was composed by Al Alan Silvestri, Silverstry, whatever you want to call him. 
I always say Sylvester. Yeah. All right. So you ready for the box office trivia? I am ready, Dustin and Tony. Are you guys ready? I am on literally on the edge of my seat. Okay, Paul, let's get going. Okay. Flight of the Navigator was made for about $9 million and earned over $18 million mm. in the box office. Not too shabby. Yeah, considering most people hadn't even heard of it, at least in the theater. But anyway, <laughs> given this fact, how high in the box office do you think it ranks among the movies released theatrically in 1986? And we'll go with the top 50. All righty. Uh, so let's start with... Uh, so you're going to throw out some what else was released in 1986? Maybe give us an idea of what it went up against. I'll tell top, you what. Top it's, Gun? It's not the number one, which was Top Gun, hey. which, which is about flight, so it might be close. <laughs> uh, tr the animated Transformers, the movie, uh, Stand By Me. I'm trying to think of the movies that I saw in 1986. All right, Tony, uh, why don't you give us your your guess first for where this uh, ranked so in the top it's 50? In the, it's in the top 50? It's in the top 50. We're going to go 48. <laughs> okay. I'm not hating, but you know, 18 million is not a lot of money. Dustin. Well, back then it was like 20 million today. Oh, that's true. That's true. I did not adjust for inflation. I'm willing to bet Stallone and Schwarzenegger probably had some movies coming out in 86 as well. Mm. So, so I'm going to also give it a real low number. 18 million isn't a ton. No. So I'm, I'm going to say 40. 40 all right but uh i know we're, we're going to continue getting numbers but just i want to insert this tony you were in on to help us review labyrinth right yes yeah that was 63 that year so <laughs> this this movie beat that movie <laughs> wah, well, wah, spaceships wah, over wah. puppets all the time i mean they yeah, can't so help it. this had puppets in it um anyway. <laughs> Rushmore uh, guesses 45. It looks like he's the only one here in chat that guessed. Uh, but for me, I'm going to I'm going to be a little bit more generous and guess uh, 33. OK. So, and I actually have Max here with me. Max, oh. do you want to guess where it came in? Zero. No, it's a good guess. Max. <laughs> <laughs> but the answer is right at 50. Oh, really? Okay. So Tony wins. Tony. I wow. wow. I felt so pessimistic, but now I feel like a champion. <laughs> yeah, I knew that. How your fortunes have turned. Well, thank you for those factoids, Paul. Thank you all for playing. And let's see if any of them factor, any of those factoids factor into our memory mind melt or subsequent roundtables discussion, which we'll get into once Alice is located. Once Travis has located Here we go. our target film. Alert. Alert. Target located. Spoilers incoming. Establishing analysis vector. Navigator, you are the Navigator and his crew are on the mission of a lifetime. 20,000 feet and falling. Disney's Flight of the Navigator starts August 1st at a famous players and other selected theaters. A famous players. I love famous players, uh, especially when we're the famous players. Now, um, <laughs> <laughs> a little self-love there. Okay. Uh, but as 
much as that TV trailer probably brought back some memories about Fly of the Navigator, I'm more curious what our collective memories were of this film. So let's figure out what those were in our memory mind melt synopsis. Davy is kidnapped by aliens and then left in a ditch. Ten years into the future. Kid finds he is telepathically linked to a spaceship and pilot and pilots it as he teams up with his alien kidnapper. <laughs> he goes through a testing and mind pro- transfer process, all of which the government chases them down, wanting to experiment. Davy risks everything to go back to the future through orange time tornadoes into a mega happy ending. But was it all a dream? Uh, no, it wasn't all. At least I don't think it was a dream. Maybe that's what we could discuss later. But I'll miss you most of all, Tin Man. <laughs> wow. Um, but unfortunately, those memories were... Decepted. Based on those memories, as flawed as they were, what rain did they lead you to predict for this film before you rewatched it? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? Let's start with uh, Tony this time. What was your prediction? I would love to have said classic because mm-hmm. I, this movie was a big part of my childhood. Aww. But I've got to be honest. I think that it's it's a nostalgic movie. Nostalgic? It's fun if you were there. Uh, mm-hmm. And maybe I'm fuzzy on the whole definition of the classic nostalgic, et cetera. But I, I think it was fun yeah. if you were there. But it, it doesn't necessarily stand the test of time for being uh, a great film for all generations. Uh, awesome. Uh, Dustin, what was your prediction for Fly of the Navigator? All right, so I was two years old, I think, when this movie came out, uh-huh. and I remember watching it as a kid, and I haven't watched it in a long time since, but, but when you guys asked me to watch it, I remember thinking, oh, what a fun movie. That's th- This is going to be a classic. That was my oh, prediction. Okay. Going back to watch it again, I was like, this this was fun as a kid. I remembered Max, the robot, and everything yeah. clearly, so I was like, this is a classic. Awesome. Paul, how about you? I enjoyed this as a youngster on the Disney Channel. Um mm-hmm. But I had no really uh, any desire to see it anytime soon. So I rated it nostalgic or predicted nostalgic. I should predict nostalgic. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm actually more in uh, Dustin's camp this time because I remember, remember always enjoying this whenever it was on Disney Channel. Or I don't know if we had a recording of it, but I always enjoyed watching it. So I predicted classic. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if those predictions pan out, though. But first, let's get into our discussion of Five the Navigator and let's kick up our likes. Go for it, Travis. Best bits. All right, let's start with Dustin. What is one thing you liked about Flight of the Navigator? All right, so it's, it's funny I'm going to say this because it doesn't hold up today, but I look back at when it was made. Uh-huh. I, the special effects for the ship were cool. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I like the way it molded and it changed shape. Yes. The, the, even the, the puppets on the ship and the way Max moved around. I was like, you know, for the 80s, this is fun. This is really, really cool. And I was pretty impressed with the special effects for its time. Awesome. Yeah, I, I was, I thought this was, didn't make my legs the special effects, but I will just add on that I really liked how they had a practical like ship that was floating somehow. I still don't, unless it's like a balloon or something, maybe that's the only way I could think that they would accomplish that. Both. But I thought that was really impressive. Those oh, little both. steps that went up to the <laughs> yeah. ship. That's a pretty cool effect. I mean, that yes. was pretty believable. Yeah, yeah. And even, I I mean, I could tell the animated part is, I, I don't know if it's stop motion or how exactly, that that looked a little Computer. aged. But actually seeing the steps 
And I'm like, how are they showing those floating? Is that like a forced perspective? <laughs> is there actually a yeah. armature on those things? That I thought that was very well done. It so was an cool. armature that was hidden by the steps. Oh, okay. Camera angle. Oh, okay. Don't ruin the magic, PaulJPowers.com. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought that's what we were here to do. <laughs> I think you can, you can look back at the 80s and even some movies today and go, oh, gosh, that was bad. You know, especially yes. But yeah, yeah. trying to transport my mind back to when it was made. Mm-hmm. I was I was all smiles like this is so cool how they did this back then. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh Tony, why don't you transport us to today with one of your likes for Flash Navigator? Yeah, so Joey Kramer, he played David. He was the, yeah. the main kid and and he that kid can act. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm just telling you despite the fact that he can never quite shake that Canadian accent. Um, <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> he has a Canadian accent? Oh, if it you is. don't if you're not yeah. familiar enough with it, you don't know how to look for it. I oh, my okay. wife has canadian relatives so oh, okay. uh, my ear has been over the years have been attuned to it and now uh, i cannot not hear it not, when yeah. he speaks yeah <laughs> like i was watching it at a tim hortons it was um it was definitely <laughs> strong north of the border other than that though uh he really drew me in and uh, i know uh-huh. he had sort of that youthful luke skywalker a little whiny vibe but uh th- even from the beginning in that scene when he when he comes home and it's not his home anymore and the strangers are there and he just kind of collapses into a, a, a heap onto the stairway and he's just yeah. like i just want my mom i just want my yeah. and my heart just broke for this kid oh, and, yes. I, and he really drew me in that was a great performance and i would i would not put this movie and i think this movie lives forever in the shadow of et mm. but at that moment i would put that kid on the same level uh, as elliot from et that was wow. that was a standout child <sighs> extraterrestrial performance tony yeah. I could not disagree more. He is wow. so much better than Elliot. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, I, that was, yeah, David Joy Kramer, one of my likes as well. His, his way of showing shock and his emotion of fear. I mean, it, it seemed like he was really there. I was utterly impressed yeah. with, um, with uh, with that, mainly with how he felt like it, time was that eight years time slipped away and just how everything's just not right. Like it seems right, right but it's not. Uh, I just thought he played that brilliantly. So yeah, I'm yeah. right there with you, Tony. Yeah. Funny you um, mentioned ET because there was the one ET reference in the movie too. Yeah. Oh yeah, the phone home, home thing. Wanted to phone home. There's yeah. also a speak and spell. Apparently, it was one of the presents he got when he goes to NASA. Yeah. Um, oh. I didn't oh. notice it on the bed but anyway. yeah i was too busy trying to figure out what transformer he get oh that's a, that's, a, that's an insecticon okay all right. <laughs> uh paul why don't you crawl into this conversation with one of your likes so um at first i wasn't really digging the music but i gotta say alan silvestri what he did with the score is pretty amazing i mean to capture <laughs> Sorry, the 80s-ness of... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, 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 it's spot but, on. But also, you have this alien sci-fi fantasy, yeah. but also innocence with the kids. I mean, mm-hmm. some of the music is just spot on. I'm I, I'm sorry, I think John Williams is the greatest composer alive, but when you compare this soundtrack to what he did, not against Star Wars, but uh, what he did with uh, Space Camp, uh, this is far superior. So much better. So, Wait, which, Alex Silvestri did Space Camp? No, John Williams, John Williams did Space, oh. Camp. Space Camp. Well, and this it is Alex was, Silvestri coming hot off the of Back to the Future. So, I mean, my man yes. was riding high. The, he did 
I yeah, you know, I not all of it's not all of it's gold, but yeah, it, for what it is, is really hard to do. We've reviewed other movies in the similar genre, and the music isn't quite there. Yeah. I think Alan Silvestri knocked it out of the park with the score of this. Uh, so I'm I'm coming off right off the heels of that, Paul, because I gotta say that the the thing that I when my next like was the music during the escape when he goes inside Ralph and he's escaping from oh, yeah. his sort of room to the hangar. I, I mean, I'll use parlance of the ki- what kids say these days. That really slaps. I mean, I'm just like, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, here we go. This is, this is great. I did not remember the music being that good. Now, I will say all the eerie like area the throughout when it's like I don't know the spaceship tone like with the, yeah. the low pads and the sort of it's not a harp or anything but it's um what's it called where the notes go melody no it's not articulation it's um arpeggio 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 yeah that's what it is that's what I um, say with <laughs> of course of course Dustin yeah well, I knew so, that <laughs> I, I felt like if the people that did Stranger Things were oh. doing a sci-fi movie, I felt like it would have the same quality. So I, mm. I feel like, I mean, this is perfectly 80s in that way. Yeah. Uh, but I really like the music when they're what they they did a reprise of it when they're flying too. But uh, yeah, this the skate music, I guess I'll say, was my next like. I want to hear more music. Okay, well, good. <laughs> uh, I want to hear more from Dustin. What's another like you had, Dustin? Um, I so I like the special effects. I did like, and I know that I'm. I don't know if I'm going to be alone on myself on this one. Um, I liked the family reunion scene. Oh, at the end, he actually got reunited with his family because yes. I thought this is going to be a moment in the movie where they're either going to go crazy overboard with you know, oh my gosh, and it's just going to be insane with where have you been, or it just it could have gone so many ways, but it was. Mm-hmm. It had the shock of where's our son been? Oh my gosh, why, mom, dad, why do you look like that? But at the same time, we're just glad you're home. We don't care about some of the answers right now. It's just you're here. Um, then they went into the hospital, and it was you know, just I feel like the the way and method that it was played out, I thought was nice. It oh, contrast and it, the juxtaposition of each one. Good, yeah, it was a good. We don't know what's going on, but we're so glad you're home. Moment. With I thought you were talking about the very end. You're talking about in the middle when he middle when. Oh, when okay, yeah, yeah. Up. Right, right after the crime scene. I just want my mom and dad. You know, yeah. yeah. Station. Now he's in the reveal of the, the parents and all that. Yeah, yeah so I, I thought that reveal was done really good to allude to the mystery, but not be overdone. Like no one would really act like that, or no one just. I, I thought it was realistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing with his brother in that moment too, the first thing his brother says to him is, I'm so sorry that I jumped out and scared you. You can imagine for eight years oh, yeah. blaming himself for yes. that. Yeah. yeah. He held on to the note, you know, and um what, what's funny is I don't know why this stands out to me, but when he delivered the line, man, now I have a an older, younger brother. Yes. <laughs> said that, I was like, Oh, I love that line. But then for me, I was like, Oh, I remember that line so well from when I watched this movie when I was a kid. For whatever reason, that's just well, it's a great concept. Yeah. Some yes. of the writing in here is is really good. Absolutely. Just in the concepts and the execution. Yeah. So I, I, I loved his I've been gone for eight years. Where have you been? That that whole moment I thought was mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, yeah. I th- I thought the 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 way the cops were approaching and just like talking in plenty good earshot of him. Oh, he's he's been legally dead. What? I mean, hello, he's right there, guys. This is the eighties. They don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Got to toughen these these uh, kids up. Jeez. Yeah. 
Oh my word. But no, I, I totally agree. I don't think that I, I've, I would agree that that was played very well. Um, I have some other issues with it. I'll get to later, but in terms of how the actors portrayed it and how it was captured, I, I totally agree with you, Dustin. Uh, Tony was something else agreeable about five of the navigator for you. So this is very personal, and I don't know that I can Ooh. bring you all on this journey with me, but I actually – I'm age-appropriate for this movie because I was um, just about David Zay. I was uh, 10 years old when this movie came out, so I was right oh, cool. in the okay. pocket of uh, of seeing it and kind of seeing myself in it. Plus, yeah. I had the benefit of living in Fort Lauderdale, Florida when oh, I saw this movie. Wow. So, it so I got a – I'm sorry. Right at home. In F- Fort Lauderdale, Florida – is there like a forest next to homes along the <laughs> river or along the beachfront? That, that so just seems I, so, okay. So, so yeah. I, I will tell you this. No, I thought about that too. And I thought, man, he's really walking through the woods and the ditch and stuff like that there. But I remember when I was a kid, uh, maybe not that close to where they live was on the canals. Uh, there's a lot of canals that go through Fort Lauderdale. So uh, hmm. probably not that close, but not too far away. And those were mangrove forests. So they were, you know, tropically oh, okay. appropriate Florida forests. Mm, okay, uh, so cool. it, it didn't take me out of it. It didn't make me have to suspend my disbelief. Well, thank uh, you. I, remember I appreciate that because it did yeah. me, but I haven't been there. So <laughs> yeah. especially in the 80s or late 70s when sure. this is supposed to take place. Yeah, right. Yeah. It, it looked right on. And, and okay, cool. They, they were a little far from NASA. So like that whole we're just going to run up to NASA real quick. That yeah. is a little bit of a jaunt up the coast. So <laughs> okay. To go to, to at that point, you know, Cape Kennedy, Cape Canaveral, uh, all the way from Fort Lauderdale. That's a, probably a, a two and a half, three hour drive. But that's oh, okay. That's fine. I get it. Maybe that's why they just took them for a couple of days and they said, we'll bring them back. But it, it for me, it. It, it had a lot of traction. So not only bringing me into this story about a kid going out of space, it felt like this is a, a fantasy story that I could be a part of. So yeah, it, it really absolutely. hit home for me personally. Oh, that's so cool. Um, for, for me, I watched this probably when I was five, six and I still, I still captured by that. I didn't uh, necessarily seem, I guess I could kind of see myself as, as David. And, uh, but I was definitely along for the adventure with him. I, I totally, uh, thought that was great um paul did you have any sort of like oh i was right there with tony around the same age when i saw this Mm -hmm. so i i you know i was there with david and and you know imagining myself going through this whole thing so yeah yeah. and dustin dustin you said you were a bit younger right you're like yeah uh, so the movie came out when i was two um okay that's right that's right i was kindergarten first grade around there watching it Mm -hmm. but i watched it repeatedly growing up yeah 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 okay i was really young Awesome. Okay. Um, then I think let's go uh, with Paul's next like, and then we'll get into our classic makers, guys. Um, you guys mentioned uh, Joey Kramer being a good actor, and that's my second like. He mm. he really hit it home. And I know uh, there are several people that you know we mentioned before thought he was whiny, but I yeah. thought he was. I thought he really grounded the movie, very yeah. believable, and so I, I think he did an amazing job. He was yeah. almost my classic maker. Oh wow! But. Okay, very cool. Well, Paul, let's just keep it going. What was your classic maker then? Um, and some, and it's already been mentioned before, but it's hard for me to separate it. But the ship and Max together. Oh, okay, like okay. if you put them together, like that is my class. It's the best thing about. Uh, this movie to me. I know some people don't 
like the Pee Wee Herman voice in Max, but okay. I think it's one of the better parts, you know? Just, yeah, just, it, it, it makes brings it this human quality yeah. to him that shows that he's like taken uh, David's memories or his personality or so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but and let's go with the design of that ship. I mean, yes. the and it, it was practically made uh, as, far, as far as the interiors. And today's mm-hmm. it is so reflective that today they would have just had the they'd done in CG and then they would have taken the camera out. But and they had a problem mm-hmm. with reflections of the camera, but they oh, still wow. they still found ways to make it work, in my opinion. And it's just it's just what I would imagine an alien inside a, a alien UFO would look yeah. like because yeah, it doesn't yeah. look like anything from earth at least you know mm-hmm. absolutely so, uh yes. just hats off to the team in the creating all of that, and all that. that. Yeah. yeah yeah francisco um, let me just wedge myself in here because that's my classic maker okay awesome yeah. 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 I just, I just, the aesthetic of the ship was magnificent it was really yes. not like anything else and you got to remember in 86 we were just like two years off of of return of the jedi i mm-hmm. mean this so so the the aesthetic of space at that time was very uh, militaristic, very mm-hmm. cold, very sterile. Mm. Uh, Star Galactica. It was. It was just Aliens, a very that kind this, of thing, yeah. the, the warm, the chrome feeling of it. The, it felt clean. It felt efficient. It, but it. But it felt organic. And yeah. that was something that was oh, really yeah. unusual at that time for for space stuff. And uh, it, it just. It was. It was frightening in its like it's something different but it also yeah. felt very accessible i mean the, the morphing technology of that door opening yes. up uh, remember this is this is years this is five years before terminator 2 so right. seeing something like that was was just jaw dropping at the time mm-hmm. and um here in or in orlando at the uh what is now the the hollywood studios at disney world back when mm-hmm. it was the disney and jam studios they had this ship, the the yeah. ship from the movie, uh, as part of the backlot tour. So oh, you can, cool. when you were on the tram, you could go back and see. The, and it, and it, it's just impressive looking. It's just a cool, the chrome, the vibe of it. Um, it's it's just a really cool design, and I think it stands up as wow, that's impressive. Even all these years later, very very cool. Was it floating on the tram ride, or was <laughs> it on the ground? It was with the other vehicles lined yeah. up, right? It was yeah. called the, the boneyard. It was a bunch of old vehicles. Yeah, from movies. It, yeah. It, Unfortunately, it just looked like a a, a metal shell. Walnut walnut. shell, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not even it didn't even look metal. At least when I went by, it, yeah, it was kind of dark gray. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it was it was it was, it was a very very cool ship, very cool design. And That's again, awesome. I think I think Dustin or somebody said it earlier. The way that Max moves around on the inside, kind of yeah. on that groove. Yeah, what a cool and unique design. Yeah, very very absolutely. cool. Something just to add, and then we'll go to Dustin's classmaker. But um, if you if we decide, if we say, yeah, this is worth watching, like this is a classic down the road, it may not be, but let's say uh, you decide after listening to this, you want to go watch it, or you guys want to rewatch it again. When he first walks into the ship, when Joy first walks into the ship on the ground, one of the one of the floor panels actually has a flux capacitor symbol etched. Shut up! Yeah, yeah. Shut up! Yeah, so go, I, I, there's in the IMDb trivia. I'm like, is it really? And I went and looked, and yeah, it's, it's there. It's wow. not. You can tell it is. That's what it is. I mean, it's not like exact. Like they took it out of the DeLorean and put it on there. But you could, if if someone were to make it like a clean icon of the flux capacitor, that's what you'd see. Oh, that's so, cool. That's some cool. And it has for. to do with time travel, exactly, because yeah. it's what makes time travel possible. <laughs> and Alan Silvestri, it's like all interlinked. <laughs> One point twenty-one gigawatts. Uh, and I like. Uh, I, I was about to say that's that's a cool Easter egg, kind of like yeah. how 
um, in the during one of the scenes, the car is driving by and they're playing one of the songs from Greece. And the director was the director, was of, the director Greece. of Greece. Yes, so yes. that was an homage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> let's go to Dustin. What was your classic maker for Fly of the Navigator? I will since you guys already took my whole spaceship, Max. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that was what's funny, I, I kind of put two two things that made it. One, you guys both just covered. Yes. But the other one I had was it's not any one aspect of the movie, but it's kind of the movie as as a whole. Mm. It was when it was over. I was just smiling. I was like, "This is such a good, feel good family movie." Yes, it, yes. It, you, know, you don't get tons of those anymore, right? Yeah, uh, you know, th- th- there are some, but just it, you know, just it was it was fun to watch. And at the end, you're smiling for him. You know, he has the the alien with him. Tells his brother, you know, she's just you, it, when when it's over, just smiling. I was like, "What a what a great movie that you know I want to watch with my kids now because I know yeah. my kids haven't seen it yet." So uh-huh. mm-hmm. my classic maker for me was just the overall tone of the whole thing. It was just a fun oh, family movie. That's yeah. so great. That's awesome. Um, so from that macro uh, sort of view, which totally can get on board with i'm gonna go back to a micro level for my classic maker and that's something you guys sort of touched on uh tony and and paul but i'm going to zero in even more and i thought max played by paul rubens credited as paul mall in this i just is such an engaging character i love seeing him go from this very stoic uh trimaxian robot thing Mm -hmm. to once he's scanned david he gets all zany and they become friends uh, which doesn't seem it's a it's crazy how they're able to make him emote without a face, just with sort of this bulb of light and the things going on, and then his voice. I thought that was really remarkable. So I, I really, I really enjoyed uh, Max as a character. Yeah, how they moved moved him around, his design, how his voice. Go ahead, Paul. What's that effect when you fall in love or befriend your kidnapper? Oh, uh, Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast syndrome. Yeah. Oh, my word. Um, I don't think, but see, he decided to get on the ship. So is it well, really? He just, yeah, I'm just. I feel like, like it'd be more Stockholm's if he like became like he saw Dr. Faraday as a dad or something and want to stay with him. Yeah, his real be- dad. That's because Robot Pee-wee downloaded a bunch of binary code into his brain. I mean, I don't uh, know. It, it, feels, it feels abusive. <laughs> well, that's why it leaked out. Um, but, <laughs> wow, guys. So those are some great uh, things we liked about. And But we got to move on to things we don't like. Oh, wait. Oh, sorry, guys. I, we're going through with notes. There's a lot here. I missed something else I liked. And that would be The Rushmore Show. The Rushmore Show is the place for ranking the ultimate top four in sports, video games, nostalgia, movies, and so much more. Each week, Andy and Kirk spark engaging discussions and friendly debates, making The Rushmore Show your compass in the realm of pop culture rankings. Find uh, find them at youtube.com slash The Rushmore Show, where it's all about your top four and nothing more. That's so weird because I would have thought you would have said Geek Devotions. Geek! Right? Because there's a connection there with the movie. So, what does the Rushmore show have to do with the flight of the Navigator? Uh, I'm sure this is in someone's top four sci fi family drama movies, Paul. Yeah, somewhere. <clears throat> someone's got to have it. <laughs> exactly. So, so Rushmore, Rushmore show. Yeah. 
Sure. <laughs> That's okay. why you like Flight of the Navigator, because right, it's right, on somebody's right, top right, four. Apparently, you'd probably prefer something, I don't know, like trivia about Flight of the Navigator. Is that right? Oh, yeah, that would be much better. All right, fine. We'll do that then. I mean, not that, you know, Rushmore showed, go check them out. Yes. But me and Paul Flight of the Navigator. Yes, it is. So, did you all realize that... Two of the new box toys, uh, two of the new box toys seen in David's bed when he's given, uh, as part of the gifts he's given from NASA. Uh, one is a Cobra Water Mockinson from G.I. Joe 1985. And, uh, the other is Transformers 1984, the insectoid, like you had said, Tony, of shrapnel. That is apparently one of the insectoids or insecticons, excuse me. Also, I, I, almost, I almost threw an um actually at you, and I, I really had to <laughs> actually let you know. Anyway, also present is a speaking spell, which we had mentioned earlier, um, which is sort of a homage to E.T. Anyway, my question for you all is, what 80s or 90s toy would get you to stay at a NASA facility for more than two days? As a prisoner, though. Oh, oh, that's easy for me. Oh, my gosh. For me, well, okay, okay, go for it, Paul. What toy? It's, it's all about, like, you know, th- those are fine action figures, but if you have, like, a play set, like a Correct. Castle Grayskull or Correct. something to play it. <laughs> but for me, what would get me to stay there is if they had the G.I. Joe's USS the USS flag. flag. Oh, Come on, baby. Which came out the year before. <laughs> that thing is nine feet tall. I would be in there for like, almost a year playing with toys I would let in there. you... Tattoo NASA on my bottom. I owe you <laughs> only now. I will be I am part of the Kennedy yours. Space Center tour. Whatever you want. Oh my word. Everyone's got a price. Everybody's <laughs> got a price. And mine is a seven foot long plastic aircraft carrier. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yours as well, Tony. Is the oh, USS 100%. Yeah. All right. And you know, it's so big, we could share it and we wouldn't even mind. We wouldn't even, I wouldn't even know you were there. I'd be like, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, my word. Uh, How about you, Dustin? All right. So, Tony, you may actually know the name of this, and I I don't, but you're the Transformer person. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, we had the Transformer base. Okay. Oh. I mean, it was it was a robot that would turn into a base. It had the ramp, the docking thing. Like, it was. I don't remember its name, but you could sell all the Fortress Fortress Maximus. That's probably it. Unless if he had a train that went around a track with a robot, that was Omega Supreme. It wasn't Um, Omega Supreme. Okay, so Fortress Maximus. Fortress Maximus. So we had one of those as a kid, and I'd get hours in that toy. And I also had the full-on Optimus with the train. He turned into the big rig, and I I had all the Transformers stuff. But Maximus was my toy. And so that was rad. I'd be like, let's go. I'd be, I'd be. (laughs) Very awesome. What's that one that was the the planet Omicron or Uh, Unicron? Unicron. So if they had a, not, not this stupid toy one that they come out with. That's not even like to, if they had one to scale. Oh yeah. (laughs) A planet sized toy. There we go. There we go. It's come on. It's NASA. They put a man on the moon. Allegedly. Yeah. (laughs) Give me Unicron. I want Unicron. Wow. Planet eating planet. Yeah. Wow. Great trivia, Francisco. Thank you, Paul. And now that we've had some fun, some trivial fun, let's find out what memories you, our awesome rewinders, had about Flight of the Navigator. Awesome. So Drew Dodgen starts by saying, compliance. Compliance. 
Eric Purcell says, I've always loved the NASA people were watching The Price is Right in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> watching The Price is Right at nighttime, which, come on, we all know. We'll get there. When The Price is Right comes on. Right. Little Continuity people. Yeah, right? <laughs> what that going? shows me is that David went forward into an alternate timeline. <laughs> exactly. He was in a different universe. That's what well, happened. Yeah, because he was taken out of his own timeline. Yeah. Uh, that prevented Price is Right from coming on in the morning. It's weird mm-hmm. how that happened, why he affected that. But uh, well, Wardale, it was the 70s, so a lot of things were weird. <laughs> Wardale White says compliance also. Uh, I remember first watching this on the Disney Channel. I remember Pee Wee Herman's or Paul Rubin's uh, rip voice being heard inside the ship, uh, seeing Mr. Moore, Howard Hessman, uh, taking a break from being head of the class to be a part of this and wishing Carrie Bradshaw, Sarah Jessica Parker, or Mrs. Matthew Broderick, was my friend. I remember being mixed on this flick. Though everything around this was fun, it was Joy Kramer I was irritated by. Oh, not a Joy Kramer fan. I wonder if we'll have more. Kristen Rich Victor says, I don't leak, you leak. <laughs> Kevin Joshua Burnham says, it's just okay. The ending of the film was very underwhelming with so much potential it had uh, going throughout. Adam Coolings Collins. Dang it! I was going to say, <laughs> I'm going to pronounce it right this time. No. Collins. <laughs> he says, I remember that sense of wonder and awe when the kid was being interviewed. What powered the ship you traveled on? And the screen filled with alien language. I remember the cool liquid metal door that turned into mm-hmm. stairs. As a child, I loved the idea of having my own alien ship to fly around in. Oh, yeah. Uh, Aaron Wallace says, isn't Pee-wee the voice for Max? He is indeed, yeah. Hey, Blumbo, ongoing. Too many Twinkies. <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> right. Stanley White says, or Wright, sorry. Stanley Wright says, I remember watching it several times. And Who Will Save Generation X podcast says, I just remember the kid being annoying and not deserving a spaceship. It should have gone to someone more worthy, like me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you all for sharing your memories. And those of you who maybe don't like Joey Kramer will uh, launch us into the things we didn't like about Five of the Navigator. Travis, bring up our... Worst books. Hell, partner, reckon we better head this wagon What's funny is, I'm just going to, I, this isn't the notes. I'm just going to take comes. a sidebar. <laughs> it's We're going so, off script here. We, we, we uh, reviewed Explorers not too long ago with an alien that did shtick from like TV and stuff. Yes. And that was horrible. I thought it was Over great. Over here, it was delightful. So I'm not sure what happened. Maybe it was like just enough in this movie and not a ton like it was in Explorers. I'm just, I'm just, just want to that alien, that alien drove a Rolls Canardly, rolls down one hill, can hardly get up the next. All right, that's what we expect for explorers. I I said it in my, I said it in my memory meld of explorers when I plugged in. I felt like explorers ran out of money and went into tricks and stuff at the end because this movie you could tell stuck with what it was supposed to do. I think Mm -hmm. explorers were like. Shoot, we gotta wrap this up, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shut it exactly. down. But maybe there's some there are some reasons to shut down this movie. Maybe even walk out of it. So let's get into those things we didn't like. Um, and I'm gonna kick us off with um something that uh, the cue. 
What? I said I missed the cue. Oh. Do you want- oh, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Kick okay. you off. All right, kick so, us off. Yes, I'll kick us off. Oh, that's my treasure maker. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> Let's not start with that. <laughs> I know, right? Um, okay, here, here's one. Class maneuver navigator. <laughs> what does the first class look like? Here's what a first class dislike sounds like. I don't buy. I'm sorry. I know it's the 80s, but I don't buy that. Not even like a uh, worldwide, a wor- crazy world, weird news weekly or any tabloid. No. Press media. Boy lost for eight years is back, and he hasn't aged. No reporters. No one's leaking that to the press. No one's giving interviews. I don't buy it. There be reporters all over well, that. Who would leak that to the reporters to have them come by and ask you that? Anyone, the cops, uh, uh, the anyone in NASA, anyone. It was a ma- it was national security, Francisco. I mean, geez. Yeah. But, but before he even got to that point, with the doctors while well, he's in the hospital and they're trying to examine him, someone's gonna leak that. Like this Whoa! kid was gone. <laughs> this can't be happening. And he hasn't aged. Someone's gonna say something. I'm sorry. It's just it's just the way of the world. Someone's gonna someone's just gonna grease that doctor's palms, and the story's out there. I yeah. Just see, because see, your silence shows me that I'm right. I will take it as that. I'm just trying to think of how many ways to tell you you're wrong. What right. is it? It's like well, just because it can go in a certain direction doesn't mean it should. I just wish there would have been some like some like. Oh, we got we got hide from the press or something. I've maybe that would have just added to it and add bloat to this movie. Yeah. I felt like it's pretty streamlined. I, I just would, would have liked something that like spoke to that. Like we're avoiding, uh, we like Dr. Faraday could have said, uh, we've avoided the press this long. Let's not get the let things get out of hand. I don't know something to so that they're just aware that that's a but possibility. But then that just puts the idea in somebody's mind. It's listening. already in my mind. So anyway, <laughs> um, let's see what's in. Tony's mind for something he didn't like about Fly of the Navigator. Uh, now I'm I'm just in a tailspin about the the lackluster journalism ethics of the <laughs> South Florida. Where was the the Miami Sun Times man? Yeah, Where exactly. were they? Where We're, was the, the the Broward County? The people have board? a right to know. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Um, I okay. So it, it's it's this is a personal thing, and the, oh. I think that this is this is two movies that are a little bit smushed together and that's okay. Oh. I can handle that. Mm-hmm. But watching this uh, with my, with my wife who had never seen it before, mm. I realized how dark the first part of this movie is before yeah. he gets on the ship. This is a very emotionally trying and, and tense and, and, uh, and they keep throwing these little teases out there of the UFO of something that's yeah. like ominous, but nope, it's just a Frisbee. Oh no, it's, it's an alien. <laughs> oh nope. It's just a water tower, but yeah. the, the music and the atmosphere, very, but very tense movie. And it kind of culminates with this kid just crying and weeping and where are my parents and everything's yeah. awful. And but the the real tension for me was I don't know how I feel. Do I have a crush on a twenty one year old Sarah Jessica Parker? <laughs> That's up to you, dude. Or do I just want her to bring me McDonald's in the belly of a robot? I'm not sure. That's Whoa. another dislike. He never got his big back. What's up with that? <laughs> well, he couldn't figure out what kind of coke he wanted. <laughs> <laughs> it was the eighties. No, you know what? Never mind. I'm gonna bail out of that that joke. Oh <laughs> my you got, word! You, you got to be real specific about what kind of coke you want in the eighties. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> Love those parties. <laughs> so uh, no, but but to me, th- there was there was some tonal shifts in the movie. Like yeah, it, it I totally went from that. being a very like tense movie mm-hmm. to being overly, almost overly co- comic. It's the same thing I think that you guys were just alluding to for Explorers. Um, mm-hmm. Just just a, I could see that a, a pendulum swing of tonal shifts, and also. Yeah, yeah. Why do I like Sarah Jessica Parker in this movie? <laughs> it, it made you laugh. It made you cry. It made you question your manhood. Or what? I don't know. No more than usual. No. Yeah. <laughs> And, 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 you know, maybe maybe it's w- because when I first saw the movie, I'm watching it as a kid. So I'm, I'm yeah. not seeing it from that same tension of now as a parent. Oh, my gosh. If my kid was gone now, I'm feeling these feelings. Exactly. That, as yes, a kid, I just exactly. want to just get on the spaceship. Man. Just get on the spaceship. Yeah. But yes. now I'm watching this thing going, oh, my God. They've got to undo a death certificate. Like there's there's so much stuff that they're going to have to do now. Uh, yeah, do they yeah. put him back in, in seventh grade? I mean, like now it's it's weird. Uh, but no, it's just the, the tonal shift of the movie. It was it yeah. was very very polarizing. I yeah, I can I can totally see that. It didn't bother me uh, per se, but I totally see how that could be off. Maybe not off putting, but it could be dis- jarring. It could be jarring. Um, Dustin, what was maybe jarring for you? Did you notice this tonal difference or juxtaposition? Luda, I I totally did notice that. that mm. like, when you said Tony that it's you know two movies kind of put together. Um, I, I, I remember kind of thinking that, but when you said it, it was like, that's it. Like, that's totally what it was that I was trying mm-hmm. to process. I was watching it. Um, you, it was crazy that so much of the movie happened before they got to the ship. You know, yeah. They got on. And um, I was the groundwork. Yeah. yeah well, they laid a lot of groundwork, but and almost in my mind, and this isn't one of my dislikes, but almost too much groundwork. Like, I, yeah. I think that they could have progressed faster to him getting back on the ship. Yeah. What was going on. Yeah, when I was scanning for that uh, Back to the Future Easter egg of the Flux Capacitor, I was like, I'm halfway through the movie and I'm just getting to this ship? That's, yeah. I was like, wow, okay. I didn't, it went by that fast for me. I didn't notice. But yeah, that is, is strange. But So what, so we, what is your actual... Oh, he was he was at NASA for at least two days, right? Because right. he was supposed to go home. How long yeah. was he on the ship? Once he got on it, how maybe... was It, it kind of felt like maybe in real time, like... Was yeah, he on there like for an hour? Day. It was a couple hours. It was a couple hours because it went from daylight to nighttime. So yeah. it was within right. an afternoon slash evening. Yeah, that's and, that, and I do day. feel like yeah, maybe we maybe we could have had more time in that second half of the movie. That's a that's yeah. a good observation. Yeah, yeah. Well, what more could you put in there? More places to travel. Yeah, uh, it would take a lot longer to go to Tokyo and back. Come on, more, more, <laughs> more David and Max banter. All right, that would have been. So, uh, 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 so say that right act? now. They're gonna make it. They're gonna make a David and Max show on Disney Plus now. I just want you to know they're gonna ruin oh it. Oh my gosh! So oh, he came your, back. What, what was your actual? <laughs> yeah, what was your actual dislike? All right, so one of my one of my dislikes actually had nothing to do with David and Max. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually had to do with. I feel like this movie had so many abrupt cuts and shift to the next oh. scene. Where it was the way, yeah, I I agree. I was like, wait, what is going on? Like, oh, all of a sudden they're talking. Like David is is here, and then all of a sudden they're looking. Oh, look, the spaceship crashed. Like, wait, is David right there with them? Like, it was such an abrupt cut. It was weird. Yeah, editing was so bizarre at times. And the first time it happened, I think, is when he falls and hits his head. Mm. It's like, oh, oh, here's that boom, new scene. It's like, wait a second, and and it wasn't even like a. I forget the exact transition, but I remember thinking that was poorly edited. That that was yeah. just 
bad transition. Yeah. And there, there were a, a bunch of those as it went through and they were, I can get over a couple of them, but I felt like there were enough to where I was like, I'm noticing now that the editing on this was lacking. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I, I feel like that, that cut where he falls to him being eight years ahead was intentional to have it look a little off because he's not in the same place, but all the other ads, I, none really stick out, but I can, I can, I can't say that they, those weren't there. I, I felt like, I just didn't notice, I suppose. Well, I noticed it, especially more in the first half. I have to agree with you, mm. Dustin. If if I saw the editor, I would come up to him and say, Better do something, big shot. You aren't even trying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so that's fair. Uh, uh, Paul, how could this movie have tried better for you? Well, my first dislike is something that we already discussed was why the price is right is on in the evening. We all know that <laughs> it's, that's a morning show when you stay home and you're sick, you watch it in 100%. the morning. Okay. But was it always on? Cause this was pre Bob Barker. Um, was it always on in the morning? It was or? always on in the morning. And, and it wasn't pre Bob Barker. Chronicle. Bob Barker no, was it was just young Bob, Bob Barker that uh, it, it I guess looked I, different. No, no, in the eight in the seventies though, because they watched it in the seventies too. I was no, thought. they watched it in the eighties. They were they were waiting for him to come home in eighty six. Oh yeah, that's right. Never mind. You're right. It's all right. And they weren't watching a, a, a taped version from the VCR. I'm not buying that. So <laughs> I, I, I I believe it's an alternate timeline. They don't have cable. Nothing else is on. Yeah. <laughs> We Bob Barker Bob became the host of Price is Right September 4th, 1972. Thank you, Internet. Yes. Oh, like the Internet's always right. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, Tony. Um, okay, so that was your dislike, Paul? Yeah, it's oh, kind oh. of glaringly obvious. It seems like, the, oh, you know what they could have had? A news flash, strange reports of a boy that's been missing for eight years and now is back. What More at 10. Boom! That's all if you got to do. If only the journalists were more, <laughs> more attentive. Or, or, you, or you think in that line, Francisco, that um, you know, you said it was lacking all of kind of the kids missing. There was yeah. one part where it showed, you know, UFOs seen over this, this. Oh or yeah, if yeah. Was, if it was that prominent, it would have been interrupting all of the prices, right? Showing yeah, <laughs> what's happening right now. Yeah, yeah. Very good point. All right, um, let's go back to Tony. What's something else you didn't like? I, I just got into a little bit of a, 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 a kind of a rabbit trail here as I'm looking, yeah. trying to find out when this movie was actually filmed because we know oh. when it came out, but but when was when was it actually produced? And I, th there's a reason I'm asking this is because I feel like they slapped so many NASA security stickers on everything, <laughs> just every door, every vehicle, every 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 ball cap had NASA security, NASA security, which NASA security is clearly the most incompetent security <laughs> ever. Like a, a robot that can fit a whole terrorist inside of it just rolls <laughs> by you into a top secret area. Just give it a glance and look away. Nothing Ralph, happening here. It's the equivalent of like solid snake coming up in a cardboard box. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm yeah. thinking, NASA security. And this movie came out in 1986. Do you guys remember anything else noteworthy that happened with NASA in 1986? Challenger, they had a right? space shuttle blow up. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I'm thinking like this might not have been the best look for NASA to kind of be the Keystone cops. 
in this movie. Like NASA really needs to get their stuff together. I mean, they they know where the closest Toys R Us is clearly, but they don't know how to keep their facilities secure. <laughs> Who you know at, at this point, you know, it's just so. If this was filmed prior to the Challenger, then I get it. But afterwards, I can't believe that NASA would let something let something have their name on it that looked so cartoonishly inept. Well, I think it was released in 86. Yeah. It was yeah. released in, in 86, yeah. I mean, Apparently, filmed in 84, 85. The only thing I can see so far is that the film's producers initially sent the project to Disney in 1984, but the studio was unable to approve it and it was sent to producers' sales organization, which made a deal with Disney to distribute it in the United States. So it sounds like it might have been done before. It was partially shot in Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale Florida, and Norway, which is weird. Um, being a co-production with Norwegian company Viking Film. Yeah, that's because so. Disney didn't produce it, but one of the producers was from Norway, but had to had his money locked in Norway and had to spend it there. So, ah, uh, okay. Mm. So it sounds like it was done pre eighty six. Yeah, from what I can tell, but I can see how that'd be. That's not the best look. Um, but so yeah, so I, I get that's that why it blew up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. David didn't uh, get his ooh. Big Mac, and somebody's going to pay. Right? Oh, that's dark. <laughs> uh, what else is dark for this movie for you, Paul? Um. Okay. I, this, I'm going to pull the, the prude factor, and I don't like to do it, but I'm going to go ahead and do it, because I was introduced to this on the Disney Channel. And this is obviously a kid's movie, mm-hmm. but now owning the movie... It has all the cuss words and swearing and God's name in vain and stuff in it. And so, I mean, I think it works just as well without that in it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it'll, it'll, you can, it'll appeal to a wider audience. So I know they're trying to be, ooh, dark and edgy. Like this will make it better. Well, it doesn't. And I think the movie suffers for it. Oh, okay. There was, there was one that caught me more than the others when it comes to that. Mm. When, when David's dad goes, you can tell those NASA. Bleh. I was, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> For me, that that shifted the tone of family. Yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you, you sensitive little this generation snowflakes. Like back in the eighties, <laughs> we, we had ashtrays on the table at McDonald's, and sure. we had cuss words in our kids' movies. That's just I, that's I know, just the way it was, and we I liked know, it. We like, never complained. <laughs> <laughs> it's. But that's not what like you I like. Like I said, Paul. it's the brood card. So yeah, no, 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 it, right. you're right. You're, you're very right. But I, but it, I, I have gone back and watched a lot of my favorite, like Goonies. Oh, Goonies you is know, like, full of it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You go back. I mean, even the original cut of um of of ET had some very off color language in sure. it. And it's, just, it's funny to me how that just kind of passed. You know, as the, mm-hmm. well, it was just another day at the office. <laughs> Goonies, one of one of my favorite movies. One of my favorite reviews you guys have ever done too. So. <laughs> Weren't you on that review? Uh, yeah, I was. I think it, that's what made it better, obviously. <laughs> Let's go. Got my got my copper stones Ooh, right here, man. Nice. That's awesome. Sweet. Um, okay, Paul. That that's totally fair. That it didn't make my dislike bliss. But um something that uh did was that it didn't make sense to me uh that and maybe you guys can explain this. Why was it that David's body was too fragile to go back in time, but human. then he goes back in time and he's fine? I mean, 
was there some story beat I missed that that he's special or 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 Max is just full of it? I mean, they don't really. I don't think they explain that too well, unless I just missed it. You also don't know your left from your right. <laughs> Not helpful, Paul. You are an inferior species, you dumb dork. Scuzz bucket. <laughs> I, I was wondering if uh, if I missed that as well. Something about him, you know, because like he was doing it with all the other species, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Humans are more fragile. That's what he said. So, so then, why doesn't he end up back in 1978 with because like they risked it? It was worth frying his brain for real this time, not just by scanning it. But he'd rather be dead than be stuck in a test tube the rest of his life. Yeah, I remember him asking. Um, he asked Max, you know, are you are you sure you want to risk it? And David said, Yes, I want to risk it. So they knew it may not work, but family movie, it did. Right? I, I feel yeah. like there should have been more of a sacrifice for that. Maybe he like comes back with a leg gone or something. I don't know. Just something. Well, there was a subplot where Max was uh, in trouble by his superiors for bringing him oh. back because he wasn't supposed to because of the fragility and he was making huh? a mess and there was like a time clock and everything, but they felt it was just too over. There was too much. And then no, they had that. without that, it was cleaner and it felt better. So there that. was an element to address what you're talking about, <laughs> yeah. but it just it just made the movie it was too much. I don't know. I, maybe oh, you know, maybe here's okay, here's what I would have loved. This is Francisco's Fabulous fan fiction. Play the music. Okay. I don't you have get, the music. I'm gonna play it in post, I Paul. Hear more music. <laughs> <laughs> ah. All right. So so Matt so uh Dave decides he's gonna risk it. Let's go back and um, they get back and it turns out that the little uh, alien guy with the suction mm-hmm. cups, the cute one, decided to sacrifice its own being to allow David to die. So he pulls it out of the backpack and it's dead. And he has How? to like, put that's a like small... putting, let's throw them both in the fire. And instead of one person burns up, the other one does because it's flammable. What? It yeah. doesn't make sense. That would have ruined the feel-good movie at the end, wouldn't it? Yeah, but that's what you need to show that it's a sacrifice. There's consequences to the choices you make. <laughs> the choice to go home? Yes! <laughs> I just want to go home. You brought me here. Now that alien has to die to do it. That's so Man, that, this movie took a dark spin, man. Well, I'm trying to bring back the tone from the beginning to the, that's to right, the end. That's right. That's right. Super somber, <laughs> menacing, depressing. So the real, the real deleted scene was that that David needed to go back so that he can invest in Apple when it went public and buy all of the Insecticons. That was <laughs> yes. That was it. There was a plan. There was David's no fool, man. I have three words for you, Grace. Sports, Sports. Sports. Almanac. You got it. You got it. All right. Uh, Let's get Dustin's last dislike before we get to our tragic makers. All right. So um, (laughs) it may not be popular. Let's talk about Max. Okay. Oh. Max. Um, Uh Oh. I I had a couple issues with Max. Nothing. I I, I loved his interaction. Loved Mm -hmm. the way his character came. I loved when he. I did love when he went into the Pee Wee Herman lab because it was relatable. Like Pee Wee. It was fun. But there were some moments where I thought, you are a super smart, robotic being from the future, and you can't figure out how to read a paper map. Like, I mean, well, excuse me! 
There was yeah. A- oh yeah, that is kind of weird. In, in the day and age we live now, where we do everything by maps digitally mm-hmm. on our phones and stuff, <laughs> when they I have a map and they still need to ask for directions, right. it doesn't make sense on this side of it. Yeah. So back then, we didn't even question it <laughs> because that's how we found out. I mean, we had maps, but we still had to ask for directions back in the. He's, 80s. he's holding up the map, and I forget the line Max says, but something about you know I can't read blah blah blah. I was like, oh come on, dude, you you. You have star charts the kids exactly yeah. going back and forth to the future you're explaining what every species is you can't read a street name and line and giving you a- <laughs> he's a robot but come on that for me i was like i was like dude you can read a map you can read a map he couldn't read yeah, it if it was binary yeah if it was binary exactly i know there's some human things but he also said explain privacy explain i was like all right Humans are not the only species in the entire universe who have privacy. If you've examined fifty thousand other species, so they're, they're, no, they don't have privacy on any other planet but here. <laughs> <laughs> they also don't have promises. No, there, there were, no doors on the restrooms on Phaetos or whatever. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's there were just a few max lines, and I was like, oh come on, you're, you're taking the realism away that you are a supreme alien supercomputer doing this. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. I could totally see that. I, I, oh, yeah? I, I didn't think about that at all, but you're absolutely right, Dustin. I could see how that there is this disconnect of like, you're a supercomputer. This should be easy for you, regardless of binary or not binary. But okay. Um, well, now let's get into things that really were disconnected for us or disjointed, however it might be. Uh, let's start with, I'm going to start with Paul this time. What did you hate most about Fly of the Navigator? Well, Unfortunately, this suffers from my classic slow and boring. Really? Because this, I knew the beginning, it was like, okay, this kind of has a slow intro. Like you said, it takes half the movie just before it really gets going. (laughs) Yeah. But even as it gets going, it's still slow compared to the edits and and the way movies feel today. Yeah, yeah. So... I think the worst thing about this film, especially for a new person coming in, mm-hmm. is just how slow moving it is and mm. getting from one scene to another. It's kind of like how you were enjoying that that um, sneaking into the Na- the the NASA base inside Ralph, the food uh-huh. distributor. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was yeah. like, okay, that's a scene. And now we're at the next scene. Okay, waiting for this to go. Uh-huh. Waiting for this scene to end. Okay, now we're at the next. Okay. It's uh, not boom, boom. You know, it's it's not. It didn't a, a, flow as well for exactly. you. Exactly. Okay. All right. And I think that's the worst thing about this movie. I, oh. I can 100% relate to That's not my tragic maker, but hmm. that's I 100% relate to how slow this movie was. Okay. Right. That's interesting. I will say that my uh, my son started watching it with me, like, and then 10 minutes and he abandoned it. And then he came back in the last, like, 30 minutes or so and was interesting. <laughs> well, that's when it, it really picked up more. Yeah. 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 Um, but it takes an hour to get there. Yeah. So. All right. Fair. Uh, but that first hour is for all the parents. It's like, oh, my, my son or daughter's left. Oh my gosh. How do I take that? So anyway, um, yeah. Dustin, you, so that, that part, the slow and boring part wasn't your tragic maker, but what was? Um, my tragic maker, I would say my tragic maker was, the mishandling and unrealistic response that the army or national guard or, or the new or the press or the press. No, not the press. <laughs> I, mean, the press. I, I cared about, there's a spaceship flying all over 
And when it got home, you had some fire trucks and some police and this, but I was like, all right, if you knew that that kid's parents probably where he's going to go, would you not have every single armed forces? You don't know if it's an alien threat. You just don't know. Yeah, yeah. And they, they had a serious lack of tanks pointed at the spaceship at times in the movie. And I, I was like, you know, if this were a real spaceship that had a kid and took off and you did not know what its intentions were, I think there would be a lot more military presence wondering what the heck is going to happen right now. But yeah. I, I, all you need is NASA with the rent-a-cop uh, uh, people where they're fine. <laughs> and, and that's that's why it's my tragic maker. NASA <laughs> would not be told, hey, guys, you have some securities that a terrorist can fit inside the robot and go through your facility. And you're totally in charge. And <laughs> None of us are going to be watching this thing. Hey, Faraday has this all, you know, in hand. He has a cage that he the uses. The one guy, Johnny sometimes. Fever, Faraday, he's the one employee that NASA has. <laughs> Like, everybody's off for the 4th of July weekend. He's the one guy that, like, drew the short straw and has to work. So, yeah, that drove me nuts that there wasn't more of a, we think this is a national threat. Yeah. And side note, the intro with the dogs was way too long. It was cool, but there were too many dogs jumping on. No, I get that. I get that. (laughs) There's too many dogs. Yeah. (laughs) Tony, tell us why you hate dogs. (laughs) They have fleas. They they eat my food. <laughs> no, but why did you? No. What did you hate most about this movie? I I don't know that this. I, I hate I hate that I'm the old grumpy man and that this is what I hate. I will join but you. What what, we, what can be grumpy about? I couldn't justify the little menagerie of strange, gratuitous alien creatures in there. <laughs> what? And the introduction. I know. I know the introduction this- with the. Oh. The eye yeah. that said I I I I I it doesn't even it's make an sense. Eye? Yeah 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 yeah. It was but just it has like no the, lips. Yeah, there was a, a, a level of believability to this movie that I think that we were going with that that took me out of it. And also, Max can't leave the ship. Presumably, how did he go and gather all of these little creatures? Like with his it, little it, arms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so teleportation the same way you got David on the ship but luring <laughs> him in with candy <laughs> and transformers that speak <laughs> themselves would have been the candy yeah, right exactly you're not going to give away all the secrets <laughs> no but so so he had all these creatures he was going to travel through time and bring them back I get it but that's it just seemed a little like gratuitous and just little little slimy little snot puppets for slimy little pop snot puppets sake I mean it was just okay alright uh, but I, I will add on. I didn't. This was on my dislike list, but it didn't make my top three. I thought I remember the alien puppets being a lot cooler and holding up so much, and that they. I was hoping you, they'd hold up so much better, and they don't. Talking. Feel, what are you talking about? This is classic eighties creature shop. Ah uh, no. They, yes, they need to have a great example. No, they need to get Winston to come the, in and, and do it. Would you rather have the George Lucas reinserted CGI aliens in there? I mean, no, that's what I, I, want. that's what I wanted. I wanted Flight <laughs> of the Navigator special edition. Oh, oh, the right. one shot first. That's what I want. <laughs> I want Dune backs walking on the, on the, but the background of the. Navigator and that was ship. not my, that was not my original tragedy maker. That was not it. Honestly, mm-hmm. my original tragedy maker was that transition, you know, Paul Wall, Paul Rubens, PB Herman, just going over the top. And, uh, and okay. when I was, originally watching i would just it was too much but by the end of the movie i didn't feel like it was too much it, yeah, I, it, yeah. it went full circle and came back to me liking it again Aww, so i had to scratch cool. it off the list and 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 throw it back down on the 
That was it. And the fact that yeah. you're laughing at it makes me feel like I was right. Yes. No, I'm indeed. laughing because I thought it was funny. I still think it's funny. And I saying I, 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 I think it's punny. And But so. Paul, you're someone who th- sometimes thinks things are too silly. And yes. Yes, that is over the top, that I, okay? Saying I, 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 that is over the top. It's funny. It would be better without it? Probably. But the creatures as a whole, the physicality, the creativity, and the difference between them all, I enjoyed. Okay. Not mad at that. Okay. I'm not mad at that. It's not the what, it's the how. It's just the, the how I, and the I'm what. I'm mad at the what. <laughs> all right. Anyway, that leaves my Tragic Maker, guys. And... I think you're all going to agree with me here. I think this this is a, a solid tragic maker. So the makeup effects on these parents when David goes back, well, goes back, goes forward eight years. Yeah, he should not be so shocked. They don't look that different. He should be like, oh, oh your mom and dad. Lack oh. of aging. Yeah, they well because eight years. I don't think as adults you would really you Isn't wouldn't show much aging. Right. And so he shouldn't be like, who are you people? No, ah! he's like, what's going on? Because like the dad's widow peak is more obvious and the the gray, the wrinkles. I'm are sorry. A more no, obvious. I don't buy it. I, you're 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 just totally like out of place. Like, where are my where are my parents? They're not here. And then you see people that look pretty much just like your parents. You're going to be like, oh, my gosh, these are them. And then maybe Larry would be like, wait, you don't look quite right. And then it, it probably, I could see that being a post processing thing. But in the, at night, in the dark, from afar, when you, I'm sorry, that's his, his off puttingness. Well, me. At his parents' look, I'm sorry, no. They, the, it, it, I, I think they're right to only have aged them slightly. I think that's right on. But okay. that's my one. I almost want to feel like that's a director's note, or maybe that was uh, Joy Kramer's uh, idea. But it just does not work. I'm sorry. You're not going to be that shocked at your parents eight years in the future. What did you think about his reaction to his brother? You know, who had grown up. That would be if if that had been his brother, or if he had seen his brother first. I think that would have been a lot more shocking. Um, absolutely, but. Not his parents. But I thought that scene with his brother is like one of the best. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh no, that that is great. I'm not I'm yeah. not dissing that part. So that's my tragic maker though, guys. And it sounds like you all agree with me. So that's fantastic. Now let's get into the th- <laughs> now that we've entered- Whether we do or not. <laughs> Look at me. I'm the captain now. Okay. <laughs> now that we've entered all our trajectories into the firing computer, Travis, do you have a firing solution for us? Firing solution complete. Salvo authority accepted. Ratings prepared to launch. All righty. Do we rate Flight of the Navigator? A classic. We'd recommend anyone go see this, whether or not they've seen it before. A nostalgic. It's worth watching again if you enjoyed it probably as a kid. But if you've never seen it before, seeing it as an adult, you're not going to do yourself any favors. So just pass this one by. Or do we rate it a tragic? It's not worth anyone's time today. If you've never seen it before, keep it that way. But And if you have seen it before, don't sully any good memories you might have of it with a rewatch. So let's start with our guests, as we like to. Uh, Dustin, you had predicted classic. Where did it actually end up after your viewing experience? I predicted classic. Um, I'm actually going to switch to nostalgic. Oh, okay, nostalgic. Um, I I don't regret watching this movie as a kid, fond memories of it as a kid. Um, I'm going to watch it with my kids, uh, but 
but I, I don't think I'd be telling everyone, you've got to, do you remember Flight of the Navigator? Oh gosh, go back and watch it if you haven't seen it. I, I don't think I'd have that mentality with it. Okay. But if somebody did say that, oh, when I was a kid, I watched it, I'd probably tell them, yeah, I watched it again. Still fun. Still All a right. good one, but awesome. nothing, nothing groundbreaking as far as go see this now if you haven't seen it. So All right. I'll say it's a nostalgic movie. All right. Very cool. Uh, Tony, you had predicted nostalgic. Where did it end up for you? Uh, you know, see, I, I think I'm going to have to turn around and, and meet Dustin on the border in between because I feel like I went from that to, to more towards classic. Like, oh. I know, <laughs> and I don't know that I fully crossed the border. Maybe oh, classtalgic, okay. you know, <laughs> kind of like a, a, a hybrid. So we we did this during during the pandemic when we couldn't record uh, the podcast that I host, the Nerd of Godcast, yeah, yeah. available wherever fine podcasts are consumed. Um, we uh, we we did uh, not another quarantine movie where we reviewed a few movies, and this was one of the ones. I don't think anybody on the crew had seen it before. Oh, okay. And and I, I think of all the movies that we watched, this was one of the ones that they actually enjoyed the most as a ah. watchable movie. Mm-hmm. So it, for me, it does feel like Dustin said, it does feel nostalgic. It feels like there's a little bit of a, a twinge of you had to be there or you had to see it when you were very young to maybe mm-hmm. appreciate it now but i think there's, there, there might be a, a touch more depth and, and, and uh, timelessness to this one uh, than than meets the eye so uh, mm-hmm. and and that's probably due to the the very relatable performances yeah. of uh, you know david and, and the parents and stuff like that that you can just it's a great timeless kids movie mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. maybe but maybe not uh, on the, the mount rushmore of kids movies <laughs> So, so what is your final rating then? Classtalgic will not cut it, Tony. Sorry. Oh, all right. Well, I, I I don't think it has enough steam to to break orbit and get into the classic stage. So I'm going to say Whoa, I'm going to say it's n- n- nostalgic. nostalgic, nostalgic, right. but it definitely has classic in its sights. All right. All right. I can totally agree with all that for sure. Okay. Paul. You had also rate uh, predicted nostalgic. Did yes. it break? Uh, did it break Atmo and get into classic for you or did it descend into hell? I'm sorry. Wow. H E double hockey sticks. Yeah. Um, it's like an I'm 80s not... movie in here with all this swearing. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, calm down. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually curious what the rad rewinders had to say. You know what? That's a great question, Paul. You know what? Let's go see what the rad rewinders had to say, because it's important. We, uh, now that, uh, everyone who supports us at the $5 level at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support gets to vote on every single movie we cover on the podcast. <clears throat> and we collect your reins together. We pool them together. And uh, this time, you decide to be split. What? So it's together, a draw? together, we'll say the Rewinder, the Reflex Capacitors Raid Fly of the Navigator, nostalgic as well. Wow. So three nostalgic. So really, pawn my reins don't... Yeah, what's the point of going on? <laughs> <laughs> but, Paul, All right. what is your final reign? But just for giggles, I, I had uh, predicted nostalgic. Um, uh, but mm-hmm. honestly, I, I enjoyed this show, um, the showing of it. Uh, there's a lot to like. I think there's more to like than not like, but mm-hmm. I agree with Dustin and Tony. Like the nostalgic factors on this are firing mm-hmm. at on almost all <laughs> cylinders here. It's really hard to give it uh what what is that called? An objective 
a read or a yeah yeah but honestly i'm gonna say look if you haven't seen it you should you should at least try to see it and and i would recommend anybody to at least give it a shot now i don't think any not a lot of people i think will like it but there's going to be a good number that doesn't well that's any Uh, movie paul Any Everybody movies, there's going to be people that... Look, everybody likes Princess Bride, but we're not going there. <laughs> True story. But Don't we know someone that doesn't? I don't know them. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry so about it, because they're not going to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Compliance. Hey, that's not up to you, Max. All right. Um, but I'm going to rate it a classic, because I'd recommend anybody oh, wow. just go out and see this. Uh, okay. Especially if you have a, a fondness for the 80s. Um, yeah. mm. I'm not saying, like, this thing reeks of 80s, but I'm also not... Uh, but like Dustin and Tony were saying, it's not a strong classic. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no. And I, I won't I won't gild the lily at all. I'm right there with you, Paul. I read this... A cl- I predicted a classic. I rate this a classic. I really enjoyed watching this. I think most people would probably find at least one viewing somewhat enjoyable, especially as a family. If you're looking for a movie, maybe, I don't know if you can find the, the non curse word cut or the non, um, vulgarity cut. Uh, but, um, the tape that might be TV worth cut. Yeah. The TV cut. That's a better way of playing it. Um, but I think it's, it's worth, worth watching if, um, just if you, if either had a conversation with their kids about, uh, vulgarity, profanity, um, cussing, uh, to to make it. To, what am I trying to say? What are or you back, doing? <laughs> I'm I'm crashing and burning is what I'm saying. Better do something, big shot. <laughs> you aren't even trying. There's the button. Bam. Okay, back in it. So according to the Retro Rewind podcast, with three nostalgics and two classics, we rate Fly of the Navigator a disputed, highly disputed nostalgic film. We'd recommend if you've seen this before, you're, it's worthwhile to go and revisit it again. But if you've never seen it before, go watch Back to the Future or Goonies or something, maybe. Um, it sounds classalgic to me, Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> we, we already added nostalgic way back in episode 31. We're not redoing our rating system, Tony. But uh, now it's in time. the alternate in the alternate universe where the Price is Right comes on at night. Yes. There is a fourth. There's a fourth rating. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but we can't. Unfortunately, we can't get back to 20XX yet. We had to. Uh, we're, <laughs> I think we're going to gear up for 1987 soon. But uh, let's find out uh, where we can all find each other online first. Return to 20XX overridden. Comcast Broadcasting while awaiting return coordinates. Are we there yet? Where are we anyway? Well, I'll tell you. First off, we want to thank everyone uh, for... uh, Yeah, it does feel good to stay here in 1986 for now. uh, But we wouldn't have been able to travel anywhere without our amazing reflux capacitors, namely... Deborah Powers, Geek Devotions, Drew of the Cellcast, Ashley Ruiz, Kenneth, Fabius Lomax, Rosie Lomax, That's Our Baba, D. Tungsten, Dale, Mr. Loss, Daryl Hafner, Cool Deluxe, in addition to two other awesome patrons as well. Woo-hoo. Thank you all so much for keeping the gigawatts coming. And if you want to help us keep flying and get bonus content for your generosity, head over to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support to start. If you didn't like that Fly the Navigator was rated nostalgic, you could have been the winning vote if you had rated classic as a supporter. So, so it matters. Um, 
That's a tragic thing to say. What is that a tragic thing? To say? <laughs> well, for us who like the classic, that's a tragic. Yes, exactly. <laughs> hey, look! This feed is sponsored by PaulJPowers.com. <laughs> hey, Francisco, I was wondering. Um, these supporters are all great, and we really appreciate them. But is there any way uh, people can support us, not financially, if they want to oh. support the show? You know what? Actually, yeah, Paul. Uh, you listening probably enjoyed this episode if you made it this far. So if you aren't driving, uh, tap the share icon on your podcast player for this episode and send it to and send it to a friend saying, "I know you like Five the Navigator. I think you might enjoy this podcast about it. these guys. Were really fun. Something like that." Yeah, I knew that. Okay, <laughs> that's good, Paul. Cool, they are fun. I agree. Uh, and I bet uh, they'll thank you for it. And speaking of thanking people, we want to give a big Maxacor, whatever, a max hug to <laughs> Tony and Dustin for sh- uh, supporting us with their thoughts about the flight of the Navigator. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to uh, go alphabetically. We'll start with Dustin. Where can people find you online? Is there anything cool you got going on that people should know about? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm on Instagram. My name is a uh, ghetto kids preacher on Instagram. Uh, I pastor Celebration Church in Washington State, so ccpuallup.com. We do lots of fun stuff in our community. I mean, maybe if you're listening to this and you're in Washington, uh, we're in Puyallup. Come check us out. We have a lot of fun. Love people around us. Love the community. And yeah, just love to be a blessing to anyone that we can within our uh, our orbit. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for coming thank back you, on. Yeah. And again, thank you, Tony, for coming back on. Mm-hmm. Where can people find you online? Is there anything cool that you got going on? Thank you so much for asking. Yeah, uh, we're the Nerd of Godcast, where Christ Culture and Nerd Culture come together for sweet, sweet two-player co-op. We'll be launching its eighth season on September 19th, wherever you listen to podcasts. Download that. You can also check out our daily Nerd Devo on your Amazon Echo platform or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's a good way to get like three minutes of Jesus and pop culture into your ears and heart every single day. And uh, if you are in Central Florida, please come visit me at Sanctuary. Church Longwood, where we have a great time. It's a great place to call home and a great family to call your own. And we are on the polar opposite side of the country from King <laughs> Dustin. So we are together holding up the left, holding up the right, and uh, we are all uh, all in this thing together. All right. Awesome. Yeah, thank you again so much, Tony and Dustin, for being on the show. It's so awesome yeah. to, get to have you guys come back. And thank you to my navigation best friend paul uh and all you rewinders new and old for another fun voyage oh now you're a navigator so navigate already all right max i will you're welcome francisco (laughs) and you can find me pauljpowers.com right at pauljpowers.com oh that's right it was the dot com that's why i got the wrong site you can find me on our discord for show announcements or just to say hi join us there at retrorewindpodcast.com slash discord this podcast is a proud member of culture box a curated collection of podcasts videos and articles that will provide you a balanced meal of content you will find culture celebrated for its past and future satirized for its extremes, explored in study, and created anew in story. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. I want to hear more music. Not now, Max.
And as Nathan just said, we are now part of the Culture Box Media Network. Find all the shows unpacking truth through story, comedy, and geekery at culturebox.media. Awesome. Thank you so much, XO. And thank you all for listening. We pray you are more joyful today than when you first hit play. But like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all for we're going to actually head to Masters of the Universe. Travis needs some more episodes to triangulate and and quantify better time jumping trajectories. So we're going to head over there for the next episode of the Retro Rewind podcast. Rewinder to the Lost Pod mission complete. Review audio ship's logs for more details.